0: This is Seattle Hawk Talk and the Seahawk Extra Point Podcast. It looks like it's time to get on the Seahawk train, baby, because we are rolling. Ran the ball 42 times for 176 yards against Detroit Lions and now fifth in the NFL in rushing. Passed at 17 with 14 completions, 248 yards there and three touchdowns. I tell you what this game was almost as good as it gets and we'll talk about the details coming up on the seahawks extra point podcast If you're a Seattle Seahawks fan, I don't know if you can be any happier than uh, after the game with the Detroit Lions. You know, we came into this game and uh, going against a a great passer in addition to a team, and I don't know if a lot of people knew this or not, but at the time that we uh, stepped on the field there against the Detroit Lions, the Detroit Lions were like number one in the NFL in yards per game rushing. So the D just played lights out and we're now the fifth Overall defense, fourth against the pass, 17th against the rush, but uh, we just shut down the Detroit Lions with the number one rushing offense until we shut them down, and now I'm sure they're going to drop off. But they were averaging about 144 yards a game, and we allowed only 34 yards. So a great day for the Seahawks defense.
1: Yeah, fun fact. I didn't know that they were the number one rushing offense in the NFL they certainly didn't look it, and that's a comment and a tribute and a compliment to those there Seattle Seahawks that we love so much. And that front that we've been talking about is starting to really show up. And, you know, you and I have talked about it on several different occasions throughout the summer training and, you know, 2 days and all that stuff. But this is a defensive front that we've been really excited about. And, you know, they're really starting to show up. And there's some other things there that are at work that are starting to really show up in spades that um, – Getting pretty excited about, and and one of those things is the interior pressure. And from a defensive line manifests itself in being able to stop the run and passers not to get comfortable, a la Matt Stafford, who can beat you if you let him. Defense did what they were supposed to do last week, man. They, They kept on getting turnovers, which was fun to see. That's a little 2013-ish, don't you think? Oh, and uh, fun to watch them get the turnovers, number one, but also fun to watch them get off the field on third down and not let Matt Stafford feel comfortable in that pocket and get that interior pressure. Hey, Shamar Stefan even had a sack in that game, so <laughs> good on him, man, and it's just great to
0: see. Yeah, you know, uh, Frank Clark, Barkmingo, both recovered fumbles, to your point about the turnover ratio. Justin Coleman with a pick, and the turnover ratio, 3 to zip.
1: What a great pick by uh, your boy there, right, Coleman? Yep, couldn't have been better timed.
0: And you know this uh, I, this week, you know, we've talked a lot about it about the injuries, and obviously, you know, we, we're kind of dinged up, you know, and some of the guys just not as healthy as they could be. But you know, Frank Clark, <laughs> what a what a trooper, you know. I mean, the guy in the hospital with IVs, you know, with food poisoning, and uh, and been battling with it, I guess, for like a couple of weeks. Comes out, uh, recovers a fumble, you know, just putting all kinds of pressure on. Bark Mingo all over the place. KJ comes back from a long length of time. KJ with five tackles, one pass defensed, and uh, a great day for him. But here's a stat I know you're going to love. Trey Flowers, number one in solo tackles. Number one in solo tackles. So there's your boy there. Number three in total tackles. McDougald is number one in total tackles. Bobby Wagner, number two. Trey Flowers coming in at number three in total tackles. But number one in solo tackles, there's your boy, Trey Flowers.
1: Okay, look, he gave me a ton to chew on. So let me let's start with Trey because he's like my pet project, right? He's been my pet project since the summer. Trey Flowers is getting better every game. I've said that several times and I continue to say it and I will continue to say it until it stops happening. But the guy just keeps on improving every game. And that you know, some of that has to do with something that you and I have talked. It takes you know, it's easy to get to, you know, the top eighty percent, but it takes twice as much effort to get to the top ninety percent than it takes you know, twice that effort to get to the elite status in the top 95% of the league. So what we're seeing is just the overall development and he's made the easy steps and now he's starting to make the difficult steps And you can see him thinking about it. You can see him getting tighter on receivers and having more confidence in his skill to stay with a receiver and carry him through zones and bait quarterbacks. So a lot of fun to see. And if you ever question his toughness or his his, uh, willingness to stick his nose in on the run, uh, the statistics speak for themselves. I think before the season's over, we're going to end up with two cornerbacks that are basically shut down corners. And it's going to be very difficult for guys like, Matt Stafford and, you know, going forward, Phillip Rivers and Aaron Rodgers and company to throw on those guys because they are playing at such a high level. Now we transition into K.J. and, hey, great to see K.J. back. Felt like that a little bit in the first quarter, first half-ish. He was starting to, you know, just kind of trying to get his feet wet and kind of get back in the game speed. Then it cranked up to 11 and the defense just performed lights out. I mean, 14 points for the Detroit Lions? Come on. We're talking about one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL and obviously, not a shabby run game. Um, carrying on Johnson was a guy that I was, you know, excited about going into the draft as a possibility for Seattle. And, you know, the kid showed why on a few runs, but man, that defense just looked dialed in. And, and a lot of it has to do with KJ returning. You know, and a communication level between him and Bobby. So, a lot of fun to see the entire defense. McDougal again all over the place. The guy is just a blast to watch, man. You 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 just can't say enough about the addition and the impact that he's had on this team and what he represents it's if you're gonna carry the legion of boom 2.0 he is cam chancellor manifested in a different body you know and he's doing that through his leadership through his bringing the boom on different plays he does it in so many ways it's the exact prototypical person that you'd need for that role so it's you know, overall the the defense, exciting
0: to watch. Yeah, let's transition by talking again about those guys coming back onto the field that have been off because of injuries and whatnot. We get Ed Dixon back. He only gets targeted twice, but he catches both of them. He gets 54 total yards, and he gets a TD, and Ed Dixon looked really good.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, Ed Dixon did look really good. Uh, Surprised me to be quite honest. Right. Um, You know, looked looked his his routes looked tight. He looked comfortable. Uh, Russell looked comfortable throwing to him. It surprised me, and what a great surprise. Still a Nick Van fan and still love to watch Nick get some targets because I think that there's a bigger talent level there than is being advertised and or being utilized. But, you know, great to see Ed being targeted uh, and and having some success early in his return. You know, the tight end role in this offensive scheme can't be – uh, overstated I, I believe that they're a, an integral part of this offense which was you know why you and I and we ha- you know we haven't talked about it in a while but that's why you and I were so excited to see a guy like Jimmy Graham a few years back come into this offense it's because they are so they can play such an integral role now Daryl Bevel never you know never was able to take a full advantage of you know who Jimmy Graham is and what he brought to the offense but it's obvious that Shady is taking advantage of the tight end role in this offense and making it work and making it efficient
0: stay on tight ends for just a second because one of the other things that we've just uh, uh, we've talked about it but and laughed about it but It really looks like it's beginning to develop, and that is Fant got a lot of playing time. And we saw this up front, but all of a sudden, the national media is starting to talk about it as well. Uh, I'm talking about the post-game interview that they did with Coach Pete Carroll, and they asked him about it. I go, well, uh, listen, George Fant's been in there, and he's been tackle-eligible. Pete said, he's lining up as a tight end, and people are (laughs) saying, tight end? And Pete said, yeah, you know, he's like 50 to 60 pounds heavier than any other tight end number one and that followed up with a question that said so were you throwing to him in practice? And Pete Carroll says, Well yes I have. And Russell has too, which is even better. And Pete said, and he's understanding the the, uh, the routes as well. So as you look forward to that, you know maybe they're not gonna do that every single game and maybe they're downplaying it just a bit, but boy at some point when they throw to fant, <laughs> it's gonna be fun.
1: You know, let me start the fan conversation like this. Change the guy's number and let's just call him a tight end. Or do what you and I have talked about for a long time, and that is just take the name off of him and just line him up and let him play football. Because at the end of the day, this is a game. Let's have some fun with this thing. Let's line the big guy up. Let the, you know, run a tight end screen. Let some of his big guy friends get out in front of him and just let's (laughs) laugh about it and have some fun with it. But also, from a strategic standpoint, I mean... If you put three three hundred pound gentlemen, you know, running down the field in a convoy, I mean, that's devastating. I mean, who are you going to have stop that? Because you're not taking defensive linemen out, you know, for coverage in a screenplay. You know, so you got a bunch of two hundred and fifty to you know two hundred pound guys trying to stop nine hundred pounds of beef coming running down. Yeah. Good luck with that. And you know, George Faint is an athletic as they come kind of a tackle. I mean, you know, the guy was a post player in basketball through his college career and you know, so pretty used to being, you know, the guy who just kinda of stands there, posts up in the middle and, and catches a ball coming at him pretty hot, especially while being defended. So the skill set is there, and I'm excited about it. Make no mistake, Pete's gonna pull that wrinkle out at some point, and it's gonna have you know somebody's gonna have to deal with yeah, it at yeah, some right. point. I need to go back and watch a game film, but apparently they lined him up in the slot at one point to make him a blocker <laughs> downfield. Dude, I'm in. Call me a customer. I'm in. Like, let's do the refrigerator Perry thing, man. Yeah. Let's make it this oddity. But make no mistake, you know you can laugh at the refrigerator Perry thing all you want and say, oh, it was funny. Hey, dude, the
0: guy scored touchdowns. Absolutely. Let's take a look at the stats. And then a lot of this will really kind of begin to crystallize. You know, we've been talking about, well, we talked earlier on in the season, and that was the frustration in the early games that we were going to rush the football. We didn't do that in the first two games. But here are the stats. Wilson, 14 out of 17, 248 yards, three touchdowns. Didn't have to throw the ball all over the yard 40 times to get three touchdowns. It's because of what we've talked about repeatedly and that is that the running game opens up the passing game. Carson 25 touches 105 yards one TD uh, uh, in terms of receiving more four receptions 97 yards one TD uh, but you know that the total was that uh, we had 42 carries amongst our running backs 176 yards 4.2 average so you know there it is Rushing game is now fifth in the NFL in rushing. And you got to put that into perspective and remember those first two games we did not rush the ball. And at this point we're number five in the NFL. Well, I tell you what, this bodes very well going forward.
1: So, fun statistic. In in addition to the statistics that you brought up, it, uh, we are over the uh, last five games averaging 160 yards rushing a game. If we continue that statistic and are able to bring that through the end of the season, we will be the the top, uh, the highest average rushing team in nfl history if we're able to carry that statistic forward so there's a, several other statistics that kind of manifest itself off of the run game that you know kind of crystallize what the game plan has always been designed to be russell wilson is the top-ranked passer in play action passes in the nfl um so to get that play action pass game going you have to run the ball and since we're doing that so effectively and we can run the play action path offense so effectively. And then we have a quarterback who is lights out on the play action path. It turns into this two headed monster coming down the field. And then you add a Tyler Lockett to blow the top off the defense. And it makes it very difficult for a defense to try to take away any one thing because, you know, you've now taken the two headed monster and added that third with Tyler Lockett. And let me be the first one on the show to congratulate the guy, Russell Wilson, that we have been so critical of. The guy did exactly what we needed him to do. He stood in the pocket. Yeah, there were some times that he ran around a little bit more than I thought. But, hey, I'm okay with a couple of times just to see if you can get something going a game, And that's fine because what did he do? He had the maximum passer rating that is completely possible in the NFL. He had a 158.3 passer rating. That's incredible. The guy throws for 249 yards on 17 attempts with 14 completions. The guy almost played a perfect game. He played such a great game that you can't say it was almost perfect. Russell Wilson... Played virtually a perfect game, as perfect a game as you're going to see
0: in the NFL. Yeah, drop the mic, but uh, please don't go home. We we need you. We got a couple of other games that we got to play here. Uh, one of the other uh, statistical things, and you know, people will say, well, you're all into the numbers and statistics. No, I'm into what they tell us, the picture that it paints for us. One of the things we've harped on is time of possession. Keep people like Stafford off the field. Time of possession, 35 to 25. I don't know. That's kind of a winning combination right there, particularly as we're going forward. Turnover ratio plus three. uh, And, you know, the turnover ratio is one of those things that you talk to any head coach, and they'll tell you that is one of the keys to the game. Okay, a couple of other things. Uh, Let's take a look at where we're headed in the future because we've got the Chargers at home, the Rams back in L.A., and the Packers back at home again. Love to have the Packers at home with the 12s making all kinds of noise. And there again, some of the things we're talking about here are going to be very important when you talk about meeting the Packers. So glad to have them at home.
1: Yeah, before I get into like what we're seeing going forward, I would be remiss for not mentioning our special teams play And Michael Big Balls Dixon, because, (laughs) holy crap, from your own end zone, bro? Huh? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I, I think everybody's testicles were probably in their throat at that point, (laughs) just for a second, but... Hey, man, the little Australian rugger that could, I guess. <laughs> and he's right. good for a first down.
0: And that was not planned. That was not no. planned. Yeah, Pete has said, look, I talked to him in practice, and I said, look, dude, you know, if you see an opening sometime, uh, man, go ahead and run for it, you know. And Pete says, I just didn't think he was going to do it standing in his own end zone. Yeah. basically what he was supposed to do was he was supposed to run around and burn a little bit of clock off because we were down to the end of the game, a couple of minutes left, and he was supposed to run around, burn some time off, and then run out of the end zone and give him the two points. He ran to his right, looked downfield, and he thought, eh, I think I can do this, and off he <laughs> yeah, went. I, I got this, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. And yeah, Pete says he threw the headset off and said a few disgusting words and then, uh, and then cheered when it was all over. First down.
1: Yeah, well, you know, the, the thing about that play, you know, you, we can laugh about it all we want, uh, but, hey, congratulations, Michael Dixon. You single-handedly iced the game for us, so it was fantastic to watch
0: before we move on to the rest of the schedule going forward. Next three games, J.D. McKissick, we've been looking for him to get back, and the uh, book on that is he's got one more week, and then uh, he comes back. Then they're going to have to make a roster spot for him, so that'll be an interesting one. DJ Procise. Yeah, I'm on the same page with you, and uh, we'll talk about that in the future. Let's talk about those next three games. Chargers at home, Rams in L.A., Packers back at home again.
1: This is where those time, uh, some of those statistics are going to come into play. And like you said, I'm not all about the statistics, but I am about the story that they tell. If you think for a minute that you can allow the time of possession to be even or uh, skewed in the favor of a different team and then walk away with the win, that's not going to happen in the month of November for us. Playing Phillip Rivers, Aaron Rodgers, and Goff again, you cannot allow those guys to get on the field for any length of time and then expect to walk out of there with a the win. Goff is throwing darts. I don't know if anybody's been noticing, but you know, the guy that I thought was gonna you know, gonna be a mediocre quarterback this year is looking like a mad genius. The guy is throwing absolute darts for those Rams. So you gotta be on top of the game and on top of that ball control offense that we need to be able to run uh, going forward and especially in this month of November. Coming up with Philip Rivers next week, you gotta, again, you gotta keep that guy off the field. He's, he's one of the NFL's best quarterbacks, and if you give him the opportunity, he will find a way to win the game. That combined with a fairly good rushing attack, it's gonna be a challenge for our Hawks. But you know, the thing that I like that it can't be statisticized, if that's even a word, the thing that you can't, the, un, the intangible for this Seattle Hawks team that I love so much is their willingness to go out and ball out. And what, you know, if we continue to do that, I don't think that the San Diego chargers or I'm sorry, the LA chargers have the heart that it's going to take to beat this team. Because when you got people like Chris Carson and Mike Davis, they're running the ball with complete reckless abandon down the field, just sacrificing every everything they have for every single yard that they can take. You got locket that's blowing the top off of a defense and an absolute inability to focus on just one aspect of our offense combined with an absolute anaconda-like defense that we, we've got going on. It's going to be a tough road to hoe for those, those Chargers, and I just don't think that they have the heart that it's going to take to beat this team. Going forward, you look at the uh, Packers in Seattle. That's another tough road to hoe, even for Aaron Rodgers. But it is Aaron Rodgers. If you allow him the ability to stay on the field, that guy will find a way, no doubt about it, to find, to win the game. The guy has done it time in and time, in, you know, time out. And if you think that he's not going to throw to Jimmy Graham a bunch, you've missed the you know missed the thing. But again, I don't think that they have the heart. And if we continue to play the, the way we have, just with with all heart and all brotherhood and it, you know all of the, the passion that we've seen over the past couple of weeks, I don't know. It, it, the, the 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 team is coalescing at a great time and getting better and better and combined with that passion we're going to be we're going to be a tough team going into the uh final part of the season to make a a deep run
0: and i think one of the things that's really going to be illustrative of how we look going forward is going to be how we deal with Gurley when we play the rams in la and we're going to basically have to do exactly what we did against the detroit lions and that is shut down that running game Detroit Lions, again, came in uh, averaging 144 yards a game, and we capped them at 34. 34 yards! That's what you're going to have to do against L.A. to shut that thing down, because then you're going to turn it into a passing attack, and our defensive backs have been doing such a great job. They're probably some of the only ones that can shut down some of those darts you're talking about that Goff is going to be throwing when we meet them in their house. Well, that's a post-game show for the Detroit Lion game in Detroit. Great game. We're going to be talking more about that as we get closer to it. This is Seattle Hawk Talk and another Seahawk Extra Point Podcast. Go Seahawks!